This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. talking about Christmas all week. We've been getting our heart ready for Christmas. That's because you and I, we really believe that this is a season of the year where, well, we want to lean into our relationship with God, and we want to share that with many people as we can. Well, today on Your Next Step, we're going to continue the conversation portion, but Jennifer's here, and we're going to have a special guest back. Her name is Teresa Jansen. Now, why this is important is she's a missionary to South Sudan, and we thought, Let's put a little perspective. Let's put a perspective on our Christmas season. Let's think about life and missions. You know, one of the things that's beautiful about Christmas is the story of the Magi. From the very beginning, Christianity has had this global perspective. So today, let's think about what life is like in Sudan, and let's think about what life is like here for you every day. Are there things that you think are missing, but maybe they're not really missing? Maybe God has postponed something in your life because he's trying to teach you something. Listen as Teresa shares with you about the challenges she faces, the, the issues that come up. Be encouraged today because God has a plan for your life and everything that's going on is a part of that. We were down to our last little bit of food and so my husband and one of our local ministry partners had gone to town to get more rice and beans it was the midst of the rainy season it had rained and they didn't make it all the way back they had to abandon the atv that was filled with rice and beans Mm. and walk the last about 10 kilometers back to the school and said we can't get any closer we need the kids and these when i say kids it was a secondary school and our average ninth grader was 19 years old okay so <laughs> kids are older in south sudan and so no child labor involved here mm-hmm. the kids though <laughs> our young men need to go and walk and get the rice and beans or we're not going to eat well they didn't want to <laughs> <laughs> Typical teens so, everywhere. Exactly. So we had a little bit of a power struggle and it was a, you know, we didn't go hungry for a long time because it, there was a power struggle that happened and lasted about a day. But the next day, you know, we, they, got we, they, went, they wanted to go get <laughs> right. it too. But it did become a, a reality knowing not only could we go hungry, we're here living in a remote area with 85 young people that we're responsible for. It's possible we could all go hungry, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and people do every day. And the other thing, though, is, um, you know, we just don't eat the volume of food that people here in the United States eat. Oh, I, I ought it. to be really thin, Jennifer. I don't know what, <laughs> although we do call, we invite people to come to South Sudan because we call it the South Sudan Slimming, Tanning, and Toning Program. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, when, when we lived in the village, you know, you were definitely, uh, we did a lot of walking. We mm-hmm. didn't have a car. We were, you know. In the rainy season, you don't walk, you slog. Mm-hmm, Everywhere you mm-hmm. go, you're in shin-deep water. 
you know, and it's really good for your muscles. But now we live in the city way too soft and easy, you know. <laughs> what do you miss? What, like when you're in the United States, what do you think? Oh, I just, I got to get back home to Sudan. Yeah. What yeah. do you miss? What do you enjoy there? I'll tell you, when I do go back to South Sudan after being in the U.S., the faces of people mm-hmm. when I arrive, they are genuinely so happy. Yeah. You know, in the U.S., I used to have a little dog because that dog greets you at the door so happy and excited to see you, you yes. know, because he loves you. I think people just love and seeing each other. Mm-hmm. And um, not, not a, at all a comparison to a dog. It's a comparison to the love and, mm-hmm. and uh, companionship. Love. Um, when when they I re- know you love them, that you would go that far yeah. for them, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I think so. Although now it's a different environment in South Sudan than it was when I first moved there because it's a huge humanitarian environment. Mm-hmm. It's such a needy place in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, it's a blessed place. They have a ton of natural resources. But because of years of war, there's a very large humanitarian community. And now that we live in the city, we're missionaries, but people don't know us any differently than humanitarians who are there. And mm-hmm. so, you know, humanitarians actually get paid really well to be there. Missionaries don't. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with this picture? Yeah, exactly. And uh, when we were in the village, we were their missionaries. They were our people. You know, we had this relationship. And in the city, you don't have that. Again, that affirmation. Remember back when I was a child and I needed that affirmation. And God, I think, brings for me back to the same theme because he doesn't want me looking to other people for my affirmation. Straight to him. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it was a story that I wrote in another book that came out earlier this year, just a, a little story that the biggest lesson I have learned in South Sudan came down to one day when I was really frustrated because my friends, really people I was living with in the village, something had happened. I was embarrassed. At, you know, it happens when you're a missionary, you're going to do something embarrassing almost daily. You'll misunderstand the culture. You'll not know the right thing to do, whatever. Something had happened and a bunch of people laughed at me. And I Actually, I had been stung by bees. It was not a funny situation to me at all, but they were laughing at me. And I went to my room and I cried. And then I cried out to God, how am I supposed to serve these ungrateful people? And I've never heard the audible voice of God. This is the closest I've ever come because it was so clear in my mind. You are not here to serve these people. You're here to serve me. Absolutely. Yeah. And so... When I'm going through a difficult situation, whatever that situation is, I remember that person who seems however they are. And this is true in the United States, too. Sure, I'm I'm taking notes right now. Yeah, you hit prickly people here, too, right? Why do I think that I deserve their gratitude? You know, why do I think I deserve their kindness, their friendliness, their smile, whatever, even their time? I'm here to serve you, Lord. Yeah, absolutely. It's a game changer when you know who you're serving, (laughs) because if I'm expecting people to be grateful that I've moved to the other side of the world, left my family, left the 24-7 electricity, left the, Mm -hmm. you know, fast food or comforts, yeah, whatever, and that they should be grateful that I have moved to that, that I have given up so much. No, I should be grateful Do you know what it means that God in his grand redemptive plan for the world 
has said that Teresa Jansen has the privilege of living in South Sudan and sharing his grace and love and mercy that he gave to me so freely. Mm -hmm. That is a privilege to do that. Who am I? And so, no, I'd have no right to think that people should be grateful. I am grateful that God has given me that opportunity. Yeah. He's so amazing. Mm-hmm. When we can get that perspective, it'll change everything. <laughs> Absolutely. It does. It mm. does. What yeah. are some of the cool things you've seen God do mm. in South Sudan? Oh, I, most of them come in just such small ways. So I was teaching English at a Bible and theology college in South Sudan. And in my class, I had about 25 men and five women. Now to have a woman at in the Bible Theology mm-hmm. College. Big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. Most women, if they get any education, maybe third grade, maybe eighth grade. But to be doing a bachelor's degree in Bible and theology, it's huge. Well, one of my students came to me and she had a, a problem of, uh, uh, she had several problems, but one of them was that she needed, a, she had no money for her tuition even to get to school. And it just costs a couple dollars a day to take a motorcycle taxi to school. And the tuition really isn't very expensive, but she just had nothing. And she had been um, sewing to try and earn money oh. for school. And so she, but her sewing machine broke. And I said, okay, I will give you a loan, a no interest loan. You're going to pay me back and we can repair your sewing machine. She says, my sewing machine is so old, it's going to cost me more to repair it than it is to buy a new one. I said, okay, well, how much is a new one? It's like $150. Okay, so let's buy a new sewing machine. And so she bought the new sewing machine, Mm -hmm. and then the pastors who were graduating all needed these new robes for their graduation, and they came to her, and all of them put in their order for (laughs) their robes with her, and she had a machine that could do it, and she was able to do that. Just small things. That's of, beautiful. It is. Mm. Yeah. And I don't even know. There's just so many. And when I first moved to South Sudan and looked at, you know, least developed country in the world, huge, there's a famine. It's one of only two countries in the world going on right now with a famine. Um, there's a lot of problems. Highest maternal mortality rate in the mm. world. So high, it's twice the number two position. Um, one of the highest infant mortality rates mm. in the world. They didn't um, have milk there. Is that they, right? They have, well, they have a lot of cows, but 10% of the cows have a disease called brucellosis, which can be also passed to people. So there, there can be a lot of milk, but just depends on if you're in the cattle camps where the cows are or in the city. Remember, no refrigeration. That's the thing. That's a problem. So, yeah. Um, so I, I look at all these big problems. And if you go to a place like that trying to solve these big problems, you know what? I can't make a dent not much of one, and maternal mortality. I can make an, just teeny tiny drop in the ocean, maybe. Uh, even the literacy rate, even if I teach a thousand people to ra- read, will it move that needle on the literacy rate? But when I look at the person directly in front of me that God has placed there, and I can make a difference in that one person's life, and that person can make a difference in someone else's life, it changes families as we go. And I've, I've sat with people who've lost their loved ones. When I was in the village, one of the things that I did was I always took a baby gift when women had babies. And I knitted a little hat 
And then soap, that was soap is a huge deal. Oh, and soap wonderful. is a lifesaver. And uh, soap, a washcloth, baby hat, you know, whatever else, little things mm-hmm. I could find to put in a bag. Well, one of my friends that I had known for a while, her daughter-in-law had a baby. And it was a complicated situation because her she was a widow. Both these women were widows. And in South Sudan, oftentimes when your husband dies, his brother takes you as a bride and you then mm-hmm. continue to produce children on behalf of your original husband. So it's a inherited bride situation. So her um, brother-in-law came and married her. Mm-hmm. She became pregnant. And the day she had her baby, I had heard about it. And so I, I had walked to where she was, but was, she actually lived on the hospital compound, which was also our only place where we could get Wi-Fi. And so we went to the, I went to the hospital to send some email, and I forgot the baby gift. And the, the grandma, my friend, she met me very excited because she had a grandbaby, and she knew I would have a gift. Mm. Well, I forgot the gift, uh. and I felt horrible. So I said, I'll be back this afternoon with the gift. So I went in to check my email, and all of a sudden, while I was checking my email, I heard this wail, this cry like I have never heard before. I knew instantly it was not a good thing. I jumped from my chair. My chair went flying across the room. I ran out the door and ran into the little building where these two women lived, and there was my friend holding her grandson who had died suddenly. He had only lived a couple of days, and so I think about this now when I think about things like infant mortality. I don't believe in these statistics because there's only about a half a dozen of us who know that that child ever lived for a couple of days. He's not recorded on any statistics anywhere, you know. But she held that baby and she needed to attend to her daughter-in-law who was wailing. I bet. She turned and she placed that baby in my hands. And I was so humbled and don't even know and grieved and all of these things. But I knew in that moment that they had accepted me as part of the community because you don't do that to an outsider, you know? So even those things, uh, hard, hard, hard things, there's signs of hope in the midst of it where God knits us together in our pain. And we are just then two grandmothers grieving this baby and clinging to one another in the midst of loss. And, uh, and that will carry you through till the, the day when there's, you know, something that we can celebrate. And then on those days when we celebrate, it's all the sweeter. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that makes any sense to someone sure. who hasn't lived it. Well, serving him, it's hard, but it's yeah. rich and it's it good. Mm-hmm. And it's still the best. It's best. It's yeah. the best way to spend your life. Yeah. The thing that gets me is that it sloughs away all of these things that we tend to get upset about. I was in the airport Mm -hmm. yesterday on my way here to Columbus, and there was someone who was so agitated because the line at Chick-fil-A was really long. (laughs) As always. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, really? You have no idea. You know? You're going to let that ruin your day? Really? Exactly. You get to eat a chicken sandwich? Right. Be grateful for that amazing chicken sandwich. I love Chick-fil-A, actually. (laughs) If you could just zap, you know, some of us over there for a day and come back, they would get the picture. But it's it's not that easy to get to South Sudan or not that many people. It really is a privilege to get to go in many ways. And it's a huge sacrifice that you're making every day. Sacrifice and privilege, though, too, Mm -hmm. because I am so pleased that 
I have absolutely no worry about how long that line is. <laughs> if I right. don't like it, I can find a shorter line and eat something else, you know? Yeah. Absolutely does not bother me. And There's I have people who, who are apologizing for this or that. And I'm like, you know what? It's all good. <laughs> there is no problem here. There's a, a freedom and a laid backness and, oh, yeah. and just an appreciation of the Lord and what he's doing in the moment. I, I love that about you. I think oh. that is such a wonderful quality that you've gained through this experience. I do wish more people had the opportunity to. And mm-hmm. so if someone has an opportunity to go to a cross-cultural experience, do it, do it, absolutely do it. And don't go thinking that you're going to offer a whole bunch of stuff or knowledge or wisdom or whatever you think you're going to offer. Just receive. Yeah. Go with your hands open to receive, not, not so much give. And you will be blessed because you need it more probably than those that you think you're going to serve. I remember taking a group halfway around the world to Kenya and we were sitting in the living room of the pastor's house and he was asking, you know, what's the highlight of your trip? And one of the kids said, I I realized that I'm halfway around the world and God is here. Mm. I thought, you know, God, maybe God only lives in America. Uh-huh. Oh, no. God is still halfway around the world. Yeah. God is here and God's people are here. And mm-hmm. he's amazing. It, it just gives you a worldwide perspective. Absolutely. That is yeah. the most incredible thing. Yeah. Some people think that they're going to go to the developing world and take Jesus to the <laughs> de- developing world. But guess what? <laughs> he's there. Jesus is there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. Mm. Well, before we go, I want to hear about your little book, you, your golden scroll winner uh, a book about a mango is that right tell us about your writing I want to hear about oh thank you well I uh, uh, quite a long time ago wrote a story a children's story that was never published okay and so this is the story of how little mango in a big world came to be (laughs) I was asked to attend a fundraiser for this ministry called Nile Orphan Care in South Sudan and so they were trying they tried to invite all the big wigs of South Sudan to this fundraiser and the weather was horrendous mm-hmm. that day there were a lot of everything that could go wrong went wrong I don't know if you've ever experienced an event like that but this poor uh, this guy who was running this orphanage with 1200 orphans in this orphanage mm, that's a lot yeah everything that could go wrong did go wrong and uh, the guest of honor didn't show up and most of the the attendees who were supposed to be didn't show up because the weather was just Rain terrible and mud. it was it was windy and the and the clouds were so dark and they had set up these tents in the courtyard for us to sit under and i remember i'm sitting under this tent and the big boys of the in the orphanage were holding the tent down mm. trying to keep it from blowing away and i'm just this wind is rushing around me and i'm also hoping this tent doesn't collapse on my head you know but then the guy who runs the orphanage he came he came up to me and he whispered in my ear the guest of honor speaker didn't come you are now the guest of honor speaker <laughs> always be prepared (laughs) always be prepared that's a missionary thing for sure and so I thought okay what can I say and I looked around and there were very few adults there no one came but there were hundreds Mm. of children and I thought what can I say to these kids God has a message I thought about the story that I had written years ago and the story was about an acorn while these kids don't know what an acorn is they've never seen an oak tree (laughs) But the, in the story, this acorn, a lot of stuff happens to him that he didn't plan, had no control over. Life just throws a bunch of terrible stuff at him, and he has to decide then what to do. 
So I think, well, that's a great story for orphans, but they don't know what an acorn is. So on the spot, that acorn became a mango. (laughs) And the story of little mango in a big world was born. I just changed the story and and told it. And then when I got back to my office later that day, I really felt that I needed to write it down. So I wrote the story. It went through a few reiterations and Mm -hmm. things like that. But I really saw that little mango representing vulnerable children all over the world who things happen and they don't have any choice or control. And the world judges them based on how they look, Mm. their torn clothes, the fact they're dirty. We had one of the street children one time, he Mm. needed medical attention and I gave money for him to go to the clinic and the the clinic refused to see him because he was (sighs) so filthy. And I thought, well, all the more reason to see him, him actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had to fix that before he could actually receive medical care. So, you know, people look at even children who are the, supposed to be the innocents, right? And they pass judgment on them. And people do that here in the United States, too. Sure. You, oh, yeah. every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the story is about vulnerable children of all kinds, The illustrator who illustrated it is an 18-year-old young man who was raised in a refugee camp. He's Mm. South Sudanese, raised in a refugee camp in Uganda. And uh, the the story is also about the ministries and people who step in and serve these kids and show the love and light of Jesus and the hope. And it's based a little bit on this uh, quote that I've modified that is... um, you can count the number of seeds in a mango, but only God can count the number of mangoes in a mango seed. <laughs> and that's the potential. We call it mango potential. Every child. <laughs> mango potential. Yeah. Every child has potential deep inside. And I went back later to that orphanage, took a copy of the book when it was published and yeah. had all the beautiful color illustrations and read them the story and then told them, you know, God has planted something inside of you. I don't know if you'll be a doctor or an engineer or a nurse or a pastor or what you will be. But God knows, and you will, you will be something that can change the world, your world, your whatever is right around you, whether that space is big or small. All of us have mango potential inside of us <laughs> and don't necessarily look to change the world somewhere else where you're not. God has called you to change the world right where you are. Plant yourself right where you are. Look for the opportunities, and that's where you're called to serve. So Little Mango in a Big World was published in uh, May 2022, and the proceeds benefit ministries serving vulnerable children, and I have a few of them right now that uh, I give the proceeds to, and uh, yeah. How can we get one of those? If somebody wants your book or they want to listen to your podcast, how Mm -hmm. can they find you? The best way, especially with the book, it's available on Amazon. But to be real honest, if you buy it on Amazon, Amazon gets most of the money. I don't have much left to give to vulnerable children. So if you want to purchase the book Mm -hmm. and and really benefit, go to TeresaJansen.com. And it's Teresa without an H and Jansen with a Z instead (laughs) of an S. And so TeresaJansen.com. There's also a link to the podcast there. But if you search radical abundance, because I believe that God has given us a radical abundance of all sorts of things, love, grace, joy, mercy, all of these things. And uh, so the Radical Abundance podcast is available on your favorite podcasting platform and on YouTube. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to your next step on all major podcasting platforms. I really need you to help me right now. 
because the Bible says that if we agree, it's more powerful, and it impacts even the angelic hosts. So would you just just stop with me and agree in prayer right now what you're doing? Just listen intently and agree in your heart that God might move. You know, I love kids, and I have so many friends that have adopted children. So today we're going to pray for children and for adoption. Lord, we know that you're a fruitful God, that, that from the very beginning you wanted us to be fruitful, that, that children are important to you, that you have a heart for children and widows and orphans. And so, Lord, we have aligned our lives with you. We have aligned our lives with being fruitful. Now, we, we, realize, we realize that the world in which we live has had some very negative attitudes towards children in the womb. And we know that we've been participants, whether that was willing or unwilling or just confused. But today we come because we're asking you for more children in our world. Some of us right now, we've been praying for children and others have been praying for grandchildren. We have, we have friends, Lord, that have desired to be pregnant and we agree with them right now. We pray that we will see more children come into life. Others of us, Lord, you've been tugging at our heartstrings and you've been saying, I need you to take in an orphan. And God, we've been frightened by that. Lord, we're praying today, if that is the answer that you seek, if it's time for us to, to welcome children into our lives, we want you to know, God, You are the Lord of life. You are our Father in heaven. And we're saying we want to see more children come. And God, we know that that may mean miracles. You may have to open up adoption agencies and pathways. You may have to open up wombs. God, you may have to create these children in miraculous situations. And we say yes to the miracle of life. Amen. Well, I just love praying. You know, my life has been forever changed by prayer. Everyone who comes to know Christ's life is changed by prayer. And we want to help you grow in prayer. So we're inviting you today as one of our friends and part of this ministry to go to yournextstepnow.com. And we will give you a free prayer guide. It's an ebook. All you have to do is give us your email address. Your email address at yournextstepnow.com. And you get our free prayer guide. And you can join us every day. Be a part of the ministry. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for Your Next Step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, 
Come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.